welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 73. Yeah. In a warm room. It's not that warm. It, it's going to be an intense podcast. Maybe. Like, are you saying like we're going to be fighting? <laughs> no, I don't know we'll be fighting, but it's, it's, you know, when it's warm, when things are heated, like when, you know, riots happen in the summer, right? If you look at historically, right? And it's because people get aggravated when it's hot. Yeah. So I, I kind of get that sense that this episode is going to be like this a little bit because it's, it's not that warm in here, but, but, but it's warm ish. So you're thinking because it's hot and warm in here that you're just like not going to have a filter and you're just going to be like, Rawr. no, no, no. We, we always have filters, but <laughs> we're going to, you know, we're going to be real. We always are real. But we're going to be real, real. Real, real. Like the real, real, like the platform. As opposed to non-real, real? <laughs> no, no, I get it. I get it. But so Mike and I have, you know, we always have these background discussions before we get on our podcast, right? And sometimes we agree. And have you seen on the podcast, we disagree sometimes, don't we? Yeah. Just a little bit. A little bit. Sometimes. Little bit. <laughs> I think the best. Unless one- unless you look at our, our interview with... um. Primetime Treasure Hunter, right? And it was as if like oh, that's true. We, we were sharing the same mind, which was pretty, pretty weird and bizarre. But, I'm still weirded out by that one. But sometimes, and and I would say oftentimes we have strong disagreements. But one of the things I think that make us good friends is uh we disagree pretty passionately about some things, but we're always good about it. No, we're like, good. We're always no, we're good. good. I, at we're least good. I'm good. I don't know. Maybe Orlando <laughs> like goes home and like I oh, secretly, my. you know, journal all of this <laughs> and and plan my plot out my vengeance. Oh no. No, I'm just joking. Anyways. All right. Hey, so wow, what a way to start an episode. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what we're talking about? Well, yeah. I mean, we 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 talked about it briefly before. And and part of the reason we talked about it briefly is because I was like, hadn't we already covered this multiple times? Yeah. Right. So today we're talking about sharing right and is let's let's title it better is is sharing caring or is or is sharing not caring and and we titled this one what sharing responsibly yeah friends don't let friends share irresponsibly is irresponsibly a word like irregardless isn't a word but regardless is a word is irresponsibly a word i think irresponsibly is a word okay just checking you're the Uh english guy I'm I'm pretty sure that's not one I've looked up before. So you continue. I'm going to look it up. I, All right. I need it. I need <laughs> okay. to. So the reason why we decided to share this is multiple. One, it's it's about that time, right? It's about that time at Q4 where people will begin to share all kinds of good things out there to source, right? And some of them are going to be okay to share. Some of them are not going to be okay to share. The other is we've already seen fire bolos reach a pinnacle and once it hits social, we've already seen them tank. The other one is we did get a lot of feedback from a lot of you listeners out there and followers on Instagram saying, hey, you know what? It'd be great to approach the topic of sharing again. And I thought, you know what? Why not? Because it's something, I mean, we share all the time, right? So let's talk about that a little bit, though. Why do we share? Uh, well, there's multiple reasons. And, and I think we do it responsibly, not irresponsibly, which is in the Oxford Dic- Dictionary. So Okay, woo! good. All right. So right. it's a valid word. All right. Yes. That's all right. Um, so there's lots of reasons we share, right? And and part of it is we're selective about what we're sharing. And we we genuinely, Orlando and I both want to help the community. Um, and part of it is I get helped all the time by people who offer bolos and hustles of the weeks and things that that allow me to widen what it is I'm looking for. So when I walk into a thrift store, when I go to a garage sale, when I go into uh, my local Walmart or Target, I have a better idea of types of things to look for. I'm kind of honing my craft. Um, and we want to be able to to pay it forward, right, and share that with the community. Uh, but also, we recognize that you know there's there's a time and a place, right? There's there are certain ways you shouldn't be sharing, 
And I think that's what we're going to be covering today. Agreed. So going along with what Mike was saying, paint it forward, right? The main reason we started this podcast was to basically share and document our journey. And what ended up happening is we started documenting our journey. We thought, hey, we could help so many more people, right? By not just documenting what we do, but sharing what we've learned before. You know, what I learned before Mike and I started doing the podcast and sharing what we've learned from others as we've been doing the podcast, right? And so the first thing I wanted to do is just kind of break down the sharing myths, right? There's some myths out there and we haven't talked about this much. And, you know, we may step on people's toes. You think we'll do that a little bit? I mean, I don't know. I'm not even sure. We, I'm not even sure looking at these if I understand if for certain these are or are not myths. So I'm interested wow. in having the conversation. Interesting. We'll have to do this where you, either you convince me or or I'll agree and I'll explain why I agree. Um, so maybe we approach it that way because I'm 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 a like I want facts. I want like proof. And so we'll see if we can get there. Oh, I'll give you the proof. Uh, let's see. It. All right. So the first one is that. The, what we're doing, and we get this a lot. We're not, you know, we're not even big YouTubers. We have like 2,000 subscribers. By the way, thank you, all of you, all 2,101 of you. Really appreciate all of you. Yeah, on YouTube and all of you that listen on the podcast, we appreciate you guys too. Thank you. And on Instagram and, you know, we'll do all that spiel later. But, you know, one of the things that people get all the time is like, hey, you're killing the market, right? You're saturating the market. Like what you guys are doing is destroying everything, right? What are your thoughts on that? Okay, I think I think that that that's not a clear cut myth. I think that that's a nuanced issue because I think there's some validity to that. Okay, depending on what is being shared. So, um, if you're if we're talking about the type of sharing that we do, um, I don't think it kills the market. In fact, I think it increases it, it increases individuals out there. Now, is it possible that that it can hurt somebody's business, if you're the only person in a city that knows about a certain niche and we bring that niche up, you just went from having the monopoly on that niche to potentially having one or two other people in your community that are looking for those things. But usually we're sharing such one-off things that it's not like here is here is this stuff that like you're going to be able to find every time you go to a garage sale. It's stuff that you might find once every four or five years, right? A certain type of item. So... I, I think we have to qualify because there's certain I, I'm sure there are certain people who go out there and they they do destroy markets, right? I don't think that we're doing that, but I do think there probably are some YouTubers or Will we know when we do? Well, you know uh, Will you tell us? The <laughs> listener. <laughs> we're throwing it out there. Anyways. I mean it's possible, right? Like it's possible, like for instance, I would imagine most people are capable of doing the research and learning a niche. Um, and that it's possible that sharing something or listening to a YouTuber will open up a door for you that you didn't know was there. And then now you're competing in an area where there was only one person in that market. Okay. But here's my question, Mike. So we've had several items that we wouldn't discuss before, right? We're right. like, Hey, we're not going to talk about this on the podcast because it's our own bolo. Right. And we're talking about one-offs, right? Mm -hmm. The other one is, is it possible to pinpoint social media or YouTube as being the reason. And we're not talking about retail. We're, we'll talk about retail arbitrage and all that later. We're talking about just the one-offs, talking about thrifting, garage sales, and so on. Is it possible to pinpoint and go, you know what? It's because of YouTube or social media and so on. I mean, definitely. I, I think, I think here's the hard part. You might not be able to pinpoint and say like it was this one person, but if nobody knows about a certain market, or very few people know about a market. Okay. And now it's being blasted on Instagram, 
regularly and it's on YouTube and it's on podcast and people who had a different market, a different niche that they were in now are just like on the periphery looking and like, oh, there's this thing I heard about that. And so they might be scooping up stuff and now reducing the amount that's available in the wild for the person who that was their thing. They, they were one of the few people who knew about that. Okay. So I, I definitely think that there is the possibility that social media is doing that. But here's the... the, the but see, what I'm hearing, I'm going I'm to take this down a few notches in the intellectual level. It's kind of like Dumb and Dumber when Jim Carrey's character approaches Holly and goes like, so you're telling me there's a chance... And that's what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. So that's what I'm hearing now. Like, yes, it's possible, but it's, it could be I, I less than highly, 1%. I think it's highly likely. Really? If, okay. So okay. just for yourself, you've mentioned how many times have you said, and, and I don't think that, I do think social media causes negatives in the, the reselling world. I think it causes far more positives than negatives. Right. Okay. But I, I think just saying because it causes positives, we're going to ignore the negatives isn't helpful because I do think you've said yourself. How many more things do you now know to look for because of being on agreed, social media? Agreed, agreed. Right? So you didn't know about those things before. Now imagine Instagram, imagine Twitter, imagine Facebook didn't exist. The people in those markets would probably be doing slightly better. Oh, I agree. I agree with you. I think after 2007, so I'm not saying no, it's, it, it hasn't been a cause. I'm not saying that what we do hasn't limited the amount of inventory people to be able to source. I, I 100% agree with you, right? Because yes, one more person means one less of that item. But what I'm arguing is that it's really hard to put it all and go, it's because of this. So for, for example, okay, I'll give you an example. So there, there's been a couple of YouTubers that have been blamed for killing the market on a certain brand, right? And I look at that brand and I'm not going to throw out the brand because once I throw out the brand, people are going to know who I'm talking mm -hmm. about. And I, I, we're not here to do that. But if I throw out the brand... And I say it, people are going to know that that brand wasn't good to begin with. And so what ended up happening is a lot of people are saying, oh, I used to make money on this and that, da, da, da. but the reality is maybe on, maybe if a select few, right? Maybe some high end of that brand was worth something, but overall it never was. Right? Maybe. So, Here's where I would maybe disagree with that because we're okay. talking about scarcity here. And I think, yeah. I think it's important to recognize that price is based off of supply and demand. Right. Okay. That the if there is scarcity of an item, price actually goes up. Now, where we, where it can get confusing is there might be scarcity for us as resellers finding it because so many resellers are are picking it up, but there might be a surplus on eBay. Mm -hmm. Right. So, for instance, if you pick a certain brand of of I don't know polo shirts or something, right? Mm -hmm. Like this item, this is a hot one, and let's say it was relatively common at thrift stores. Maybe not like super rare to find, but people weren't picking them up. So the number of them that were available on eBay was low. So prices mm -hmm. were higher. Now, as soon as you start saying like, hey, I'm making a ton of money on these, then all of a sudden, all of them that are in thrift stores now make it onto eBay, which lowers the price on eBay. So it doesn't mean the item was never worth anything, but you're what you're doing is you're shifting supply from a place that's hard to get to a place that's easier to get from a thrift store to eBay. So now the customer base, it's easier for them to get that item price drops. Agreed. Or ultimately everybody went to get, went to get that item and the item was already low to begin with. It could be. Right. But so the price was already. So, and, and again, we're, we're talking, let, let me give you concrete examples. Right. So Robert Graham shirts, you ever picked up a Robert Graham shirt? I think I, I've, I've picked up, I think some shoes, maybe, maybe shirts. Robert I don't know. Graham, I've never seen those. Those, those. That's Bolo. If you see, <laughs> I've never seen them, but, uh, 
So Robert Graham and Aunt Nast. Do you know, so do you know why Robert Graham became popular? Uh-huh. So Robert Graham became popular because one of the characters from Modern Family wore those shirts. And it became like the thing to wear, right? So for a lot of people. So and a few years ago, I want to say probably like 2015, it reached the peak. Nat Nast was worn by Charlie Sheen and Two and a Half Men. So that kind of bowling shirt gained its popularity. Well, Modern Family is still around, but it's not as popular as it used mm-hmm. to be, right? So the shirt went in popularity, right? So all the time I would hear, I would see things like, oh, the market got saturated because of resellers, the value went down. But I, I'm, I, my argument is, no, actually, the popularity of that shirt went down. Right? That could because, be a factor. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And then even with the, you know, with Charlie Sheen and his troubles and, and then the show and everything. Right. Charlie Sheen kind of wasn't that popular guy anymore. Right. That kind of waned a little bit. And so Nat Nast isn't as popular anymore. Right. So the, my counter to that is saying. I believe that, yes, is it possible that, you know, you YouTuber or somebody that has over 100,000, let's say, subs talks about a certain brand that that brand is you know slowly over time going to get saturated yes it's possible but i my my counter to that is it's very hard to say it's because of that reason right because there could be supply right there could be an abundance there could be an overall abundance that was donated at one point right there could be also the fact that things wane in popularity like i just discussed there could also be the fact that, you know what, trends change and people decided to go with a different look, right? It could also be, you know, the economy at that time and people are focusing in, in uh, as far as, you know, clothing goes, instead of wearing a flashy Robert Graham shirt, now that things are tightening up, they're going to get more of a, you know, work type of shirt instead of dropping their money. Like they allocate their sources somewhere else. So for me, it, it's very hard to make the argument to me and pinpoint that scarcity is a result of certain influencers. Yeah. I I think, I think that's a a good point to make that in general, there are a lot of factors involved. So to say that, that an influencer is always the cause when a market crashes would be ridiculous. However, I'm sure a set of influencers or say, but I'm sure there are specific items where you could say the majority of the reason for the price fluctuation could have been an influencer, right? Could be. I mean, I think of Harley, right? Harley gear has, and we talk about Harley a lot, but Harley gear has always been a staple, right? Even to this day, you can pick up Harley and you can still make money. You can't make as much money, but that could be for multiple reasons. You know, you could have had, maybe there was a time when there was thousands of donations that were made of Harley Davidson gear, right? We we don't know. That's all I'm saying is I, I, I just, to me, it's, I'm okay with sharing the one-offs, Right. Even let's say, you know, it'd be awesome if our audience grew to a hundred thousand. But I I still believe even if we keep doing our bolos, right? Because there's gonna be a point in time, I think, where we're gonna get attacked. Right. Cause we have our bolo segments and somebody's gonna say, You just destroyed the market by sharing that bolo. Yeah. Right. That time's coming. Yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I hope it's coming. <laughs> well well, you know, I hope it's not coming in some well, ways. No, no, you know okay, what I mean? But yeah, but it means we're growing at least. Yeah. Here's the thing though. So I agree that like people, I think it's human nature to point the finger and say like, I was doing well, something has gone wrong in my my model, the way I, I work, it's somebody else's fault, right? And so I think there's sometimes there's that, and I do think that there is some validity. So I think we got to be careful to say like, there are going to be people who are upset for the wrong reasons and are going to point the blame and say it's somebody else's fault that I didn't adapt or I didn't change mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And then I'm sure there are people who legitimately, I mean... I can only imagine if you had like a 
you've worked really hard. You put a lot of effort in. You've got this model that's working. You're in a few niches that people don't really know about. And imagine, I mean, because when we were talking to Craigslist Hunter, he made a comment. Um, I'm not sure if it was on air or off air, but he made a comment about if he were to say something about a certain brand or certain whatever, he would flood the market instantly. But that's retail. He was talking about retail specifically. True, 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 true. Um, but that's what I'm saying though. Like this, I think it could happen to an extent. Like for instance, I know a lot about, not a lot, but I know significantly more about camera lenses than the average person, mm-hmm. right? Because that's just something I'm interested in. And so I know that a lot of people are just overwhelmed with camera lenses because there's so many of them and most of them aren't worth anything, mm-hmm. right? I, I don't even want to touch them. Yeah, exactly. It just seems like a lot of work to try to research and investigate, even though I know there's money in them. Now, imagine if I were to give you like two simple tips that anybody could do in like five seconds that's going to make it for every time you find, every out of every 50 camera lenses you look at just briefly, you'll be like, oh my gosh, that one's worth a lot of money, right? Now, if I were to share that, it is a good chance that, because I run into listeners all the time when I'm out garage selling, right? Mm-hmm. There's a good chance that I run into a listener, hey, Mike from Pure Podcast, how's it going? Look, I just picked up this lens here at this garage sale. Thanks for the tip, right? Now I don't have that lens. So it is definitely, I can imagine that there are people, and that's what the low influence that we have. Now imagine if somebody who's bigger, more influential is like, here's here's a bolo that is, that could wreck a market, right? Now I'm not saying that like they're the only cause for that, but but it could change the nature of of somebody's business. Like, is it the only reason? No, but I definitely think that that there it it could be a cause. And I, I think you got to be careful of not completely diminishing the people who are upset because I think people go to the extreme and say like you. It's because of people like you that this market is destroyed, right? And I don't think that's fair to do because we're in a changing culture. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, like with you know. Kids not reading and wanting to use technology. There's a lot of teachers who get upset about that and say, well, this isn't as good for them. It's like, okay, but we can't put it back in the box, mm-hmm. right? Like we can't go backwards in time. Well, no, And that's the other part of the argument that I'm bringing too, is that I think we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. You know, I, I said that, yes. Is it possible that social media and YouTube and Instagram and, you know, everything that we do has led to, you know, a decline on certain items? Sure, it has. But ultimately, it's out of the box. Yeah. Like, I would say, you know, we were talking to Brad, son of a son of a seller, and he talked about 07. Once the iPhone came out, that was the game changer. game changer, yeah. Right? And I, I'm still in that place where I think it relates to our, our podcast a few podcasts ago. Like, it, it's an adaptation. Mm-hmm. Like, recognizing that, yes, we can get upset. We can, you know, be bothered. And we can say, oh, this YouTube influencer or this group or whatever. And I would say... When it comes to retail, that's a different argument. I want to keep saying that. I'm talking about one-offs. I'm talking about thrift stores. I'm talking about garage sales. You know, you name it. One-offs. I think ultimately, you, we can choose to sit there and be upset about it. Like, because there are certain brands where I'm like, <laughs> you know, I've sold a while. Mm-hmm. I, okay, let's talk about Cricket. Yep. Right? Cricket was one of those that I did not want to share on the podcast. Even though our audience is small, uh-huh. I didn't want one other person to know about it. But, but. Let me ask you, what was the reason you decided, you know what, let's share it? Because I saw so much out there already being shared oh, about it. Right? Like yeah. so, so you were unaware that that market was already being affected by influencers. Correct. Right? So, so. I think and it's still out there. I go to garage sales and it's left by yeah. itself all the time. Mm-hmm. So, and again, I think in the reselling community, we forget how small of a niche we are. I mean, we're tiny. Yeah, tiny. But I, I also think though. 
if you go to a garage sale or you go to the places, thrift stores, we might be a small niche in the population of the country or of the world, right? Yeah. But if you're looking at at a garage sale, now all of a sudden the proportions change drastically. Well, I think you I, might yeah. be 20%. And I would say, I would say since 07, definitely. Think about I I don't know if I would do this without an iPhone. Well, I think okay, so here's another thing I think too. And and I think there's some validity to the to people who might be arguing it differently cuz I want to be give a fair yeah, at I'm least good try with to, that. that that's what we're doing the discussion. I want to at least cuz I've seen people make comments and I want to try and um represent their arguments best I can. So, we're on here because we believe we can help other people's lives. 100%. So that's actually our next point. Like is social media only about clout, right? I think that's I think you know, not us necessarily. Everybody's been really good to us. Like, on honestly, we've only had like a few negative comments here mm-hmm. and there. But, you know, we hear it all the time. And I do believe there are clout chasers. You know, you know, let yeah. me explain clout. Just people looking to get fame or get popular or get more Instagram likes or get more of a following. There are people that are clout chasers that will destroy the market for that clout. Yeah. No, no, for sure. And I think, we'll, you know, we'll talk about that. Um But going back to this idea of saturating a market or destroying a market by sharing, I could see how somebody would look and say, if you were one of the few resellers in your community and all of a sudden reselling starts to become popular, um, people, you're able to find information on YouTube, you're able to find podcasts. And now all of a sudden, instead of one reseller in a, in a town, there's 30 resellers in that town. Mm -hmm. Now, me and you in some ways would look at that as a win because it's like, look at how many people's lives are being changed for the positive. Mm-hmm. Look at how much like like freedom these people now have. And like we would look at that as a good thing. But at the same time, if you were that one reseller in that community, you're like, I don't want to say selfishly, but like, you know, we're all in business for, you know, not altruistic reasons, right? Like we want to yeah, do well for there, ourselves. You could say, other- now there's more people. Now I have more competition. If nobody would have known that this was a thing, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't, I wouldn't have this competition. But to me, there's so many more benefits to it. So the benefits is I can't think, how much have we learned right. by just doing this podcast? I mean, I can't think of how many direct messages or us running to people at eBay open or eBay upfront or just out in the community or, you know, I have become a better reseller as a result of sharing. Actually, my profits have gone up reselling as a result of sharing. Yeah. Because because the return has been sevenfold. I mean, not seven million fold or seven K fold, but it's, you know, you get the gist. Yeah. It, but, it's but been if, a huge, I would say, unequal unequal distribution of, of help. Return. Like, a return. Yeah. Yeah. But what if you're John Doe in a town, you're the only person that has, you're reselling in a small community or there's only a handful of you reselling and you are able to make really good money. You don't really have to spend a lot of time researching new things. You've kind of got your niches. This is your your job. You're easily able to make it. You do pretty well for yourself. Now, all of a sudden, because of people sharing, because of more, more people selling, now you, I, I guess the complaint is they then have are forced to change their model. So instead of being the only one that can kind of take it easy, now they have to research but and maybe, learn and compete. But maybe the individual from those other people, like I think about it all the time. And we have people, we actually this last week said, hey, this is what I source. I see the stuff you guys source. Here's an estate sale or here's this. I mean, so them knowing us, right? We provided more competition 
right? In, the, in an essence, right? Because now that person who may have not picked up reselling now has picked up reselling, specifically in the San Diego area, but they decided to go a different route. So now we have another avenue that cuts our time in research because we this person will just say, hey, look, there's stuff over here, there's stuff over here, and now we have direct access. Yeah, well, and, We wouldn't have had that I, access before. And I agree. I agree that now with that, this new model of reselling, because I, I, just to make my point clear, I do think that that overall social media has more positives than negatives for reselling. Okay. So I'm not trying to say like this is all negative. I'm just trying to be fair with that side. So I'm just trying to sympathize with with John Doe and whatever town who was the only person there reselling or a few people were reselling. You can say, yeah, but now if he starts going on social media and he starts researching and selling and connecting and, and now he'll be able to potentially... Um, do even better than he did before, but he's going to have to work harder and learn new things. You're basically taking somebody who had something that was working and you've shook it up and say, now you got to change the way you're doing things. Maybe it works out better for you, but I could see how if you're that person, you're like, things were going well. Now, is that the way the world works? Do things change? Absolutely. hundred percent. People have to adapt, but I could see if you're that person affected by that, you'd be like, if it wasn't for this, I could still be doing what I was doing. Yeah. But I think that's a scarcity mindset. I think that that again, it's it, it leads to this place, and I know I got to, I I see the look from Mike like don't go there, <laughs> but I think it it leads to a place where it's there's only one way of doing things, and you you don't grow your business, you don't grow as an individual, and ultimately, like you put yourself in a place where you can't you you think you have control, but you don't have control. Right. And to me, I'd rather be in a place where I have multiple avenues and I have multiple streams and I have multiple individuals that I can count on if things go poorly than saying, hey, I'm going to be all by myself with this one little niche and this is all I'm going to sell. And I never want to share because what ends up happening if I do share, I'm going to hurt my own business. I'd rather know that, hey, if this for a reason, this niche that I'm in dies because I don't know, people lose interest. The market declines, manufacturer, you know, whatever it is, whatever factor. Hey, I have other avenues and now I have places that I can reach out to. I know other people. I know other avenues. I'd rather be in that place than be a solitary person. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm, I, I do think it's better. But can you but could you at least say, I see it. OK, I, see, I can empathize. I get it. You know, I there there are certain things that for a long time I was making a ton of money on and it went to hit social. I wasn't making as much money on. I get that. But or, I picked up so many other things that I make money on yeah. as a result. But imagine, I'm just thinking, okay, like we've, we've talked before about like, okay, we got a honey hole, right? Like a, a thrift store mm -hmm. that we go to, or maybe you're in a small town and there's this one thrift oh, store that you do well. talk about that a little bit. Yeah. But like, just going back to this idea, if, if, and we've talked about this, like why share, why get more people into this? But I can imagine if I could convince, if every month I could convince one more person in my town, like you should do this reselling thing because it's really helpful and it's great. Now I walk into my thrift store and the things that were, it was just like every time I walked in, guaranteed there's going to be things I was looking for. Now it's only half the time I walk in, right? That That's a big impact. Yeah, but it's too late. <laughs> it's post 2007. Like I just, I think, I think that is, I think that's all done. I, I think they're the place to go where, you know, it's kind of one of those things you talked about, the cricket devices, right? Or the cartridges or whatever it is. In my own little minute thinking, I thought, oh, man, can't share that because, no, it's it's already done, right? There's nothing new under the sun. Like, people have figured it out right now. 
later on we'll talk about retail arbitrage i think that's a whole different argument yeah for sure right okay so we're saying that sharing leads to scarcity it's like 90 percent myth are we going to land on that on percentages then? Oh man, I'd be careful giving a percentage. Okay. Um, I don't know. Can I, I get you to commit to the a number? Jury's out. I, no, I, I think, I think it's probably in, in a lot of ways it's a myth. Um, but I think there is some validity to, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm totally okay with like, for instance, our Bolo section. I don't think I'm crushing any markets, but I could, there could be a listener out there who I've, I've hurt their market in a negative way, them specifically. And so I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Mostly, Mike is, Mike is such a politician right now. I'm not trying to be a politician. I just I don't know. Like I don't I don't, I don't know. Well, but that's to what say. I mean. We so you, if you don't if we don't know, I say we can't say things with certainty. Right. So I wouldn't say 100 percent like it is a myth. I would say it's probably not as extreme as people make it out to be. Yeah, that's why I'm at 90 10. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. You might be right. <laughs> All right. All right. So this other one is real quick. Social. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't heard that in a long time. Mm. Hey, thank you guys that have stuck with us. I'm sure we've been turned off by a few by now. <laughs> so, all right. Social media is only about clout. So I think there's a lot of validity to that. So this one, I, I think there's more. I Maybe you agree with me. I think this is more the case than is not the case. You think more often than not, people are, are just searching for fame or attention? Oh, that's, I don't like that way that sounded. Okay, maybe not. So I, hmm, that's a hard one. I mean, that's what you're saying. But here's the thing. Here's what happens though, right? When you, when you carry yourself a certain way, you attract a certain group of people. You know what I'm saying? So, so we've always been like, Hey, we're in this hundred percent free content. We're in this, we're willing to help. And pretty much everyone we run into is on the same boat. right? Right. I, I mean, I can tell you, I we have not run into a single and here's what's weird. The reselling world is really small, mm-hmm. right? And think about this, Mike. The people that we've already run into or had on our podcast, I never thought we'd talk to. Right. Yeah. Right. Sure. I mean, were you in that place? I mean, I yeah. to me it was like celebrity status for some of these people. For me, it was kind of like, can I get your signature kind of deal? Yeah. Well, I mean, just thinking about back at like when I first started reselling, you were giving me like the names of people to watch on YouTube. Like, you've got to watch this person, they'll teach you a ton of stuff. And and then yeah, like so I can imagine that you're, you know, kind of fanboying out a little bit. No, no, when but, you get a okay, but chance the re- to talk <laughs> to them. But the the reason I bring that up is because, you know, it's really hard when you don't you know, when you're off in a distance to, to be judgmental, hmm. right. To say this about this individual, say this about in this individual. And we've had, we've been on certain shows and we've also interviewed certain individuals that, you know, they do get a lot of negative feedback, right. Because they have a big following, but I can tell you for the most part, everyone we've run into, yes, maybe they are looking to get more subscribers, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I don't necessarily believe that the majority of those that are sharing on social media are looking for clout. I don't know. Are we, are we broad brushing things too much here? Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think the way you first, not first phrase it, but when you started to, to differentiate the, the different types of groups, there, there are groups where that is the case. I, I feel like you can easily get into a community, no matter what, what your hobby, what your interest is, mm-hmm. where it is kind of like a, show off mentality right like mm-hmm. look at how much money i make look at how good i am at this look at um and 
realistically, like we as people, we we like attention. That's why social media is a thing. Like I remember when I first, you know, I'm, I was always kind of pessimistic towards or, or I didn't really like social media. And it'd be like, why do people care what you're eating for lunch? Like, why did you take a picture of that? Like, oh, look how cool I am. I'm eating this for lunch, posts. you know? Yeah. And, you know, there is something, there's part of our nature. I mean, like social media is kind of forcing people to like reflect on, okay, like what is, you know, in human nature that causes us to do certain things. And we do like to be appreciated. We do like people when, I mean, even I, like I'm not on Instagram all the time, but when I do post something, I all of a sudden care about like, oh, look, I got some likes, got some comments, like it, it, it feels good. And so I definitely can see that there are people who their primary reason for posting on Instagram, whether it's, you know, a photography business or whether it's reselling is because they want people to look at them and say like, bravo, right? Like, and, mm-hmm. and give them the applause. And so I definitely think there are reselling communities that are like that, where people are wanting to say, I've made X amount of money. I found this item. Look at my warehouse. Look at, and there's kind of just the the selfish aspect of that. Um, but I, I, like you said, that community is only a microcosm of social media, right? There's a, a broader community that's people are trying to help each other. And so, yeah, I do think, I do think you can find whatever you're looking for. If you're looking Agreed. for people who are humble and are trying to help, you'll find it. And if you're looking for the people who are kind of showboating, you'll find that too. Yeah. And I will say though, I've been really shocked. And the fact that we, I don't think we've run into anyone <laughs> that we walked away and said, man, that person is just in it for themselves. Right. I, I would say, I mean, you could disagree with me here. You can even say their name. I'm just joking. But <laughs> Everyone that we've come into contact with at a certain point where we walk away going, wow, so different than we thought, right? In the sense that maybe they added, you know, more not just to their belt as far as what a great person they were, mm-hmm. where we thought they were here. Then they ended up here after we got to meet with them or we thought they were here and then they were here after we met with them. And so I just, I just want to address it because I think there's there's a lot out there. And I will say there are cloud chasers. There are people looking to just sell a course or create a group or, you know, do mentoring. Like, there is that out there. I mean, that's the path that Mike and I have discussed that we don't see anything wrong with it. You know, if it helps people, that's just not our path, mm-hmm. right? Our path is 100% content, always free. But hey. If people on the other side want to sponsor us and pay for us or through donations, we're all good for it. Yeah. So, and I think, I think too, part of that is looking at this idea of like influencers, right? But you got to look at the community besides just the people who, who are the influencers. And I would say majority of the community that we've interacted with through DMs and through, um, you know, it's met in person are just absolutely amazing. They're not doing it for clout, but we do get a lot of comments on different posts that we do. And it's like, you can just tell the way they come off in their comments, the way they, that they're the ones trying to sell a course or they're the ones, you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, well, there's the obvious ones that are bots, yeah, but well, then there's the other ones. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's you. what I mean. It's like where, where some, sometimes you look at things and you're like, all right, come on. Like we, it's, it's pretty obvious what you're doing. Everybody in the community is going to look at those people, the people doing that and kind of go like, Ugh, either you're trying too hard or this isn't like you're, you're trying for the wrong group of people, right? Like if you want to, work on scamming people, you're going to have to look somewhere else because, you know, we're all educated in what we're doing here. This isn't the right group. Um, So there are those. Like, I think you have to look at those. I just think that that you can't judge the entire community based off of those, even though sometimes those can be the squeaky wheels, right? They can be the ones that are, look at me, look at me, but they never, if you think about it, they almost never become the influential people in the community because 
they don't have they don't have the respect. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it's good to look at that that separately too. Is if you go on Instagram, you're definitely going to find some people. If you go on Facebook or you go on whatever YouTube, you're probably going to find people in comments or people who've got profiles that, you know, it's like uh, I don't understand why you're doing what you're doing. It seems mm-hmm. to be you know just selfishly yeah. based, but. Um, you can also look at them and say, I also doubt that you're ever going to make it in this community because the community is smart, right? The community is not going to welcome in people who are, are not actually helping and providing, providing value. Agreed. But I will say there are some that it's just like that from day one. Yep. You just got to be careful of that. And we always say, if ultimately you end up, well, we don't always say this, but to me is, if you walk away that the only way you can get knowledge from an individual is by paying them, then obviously it's clear, right? Because everybody, you know, even you got to start somewhere, right? You got to offer something right off the bat. You can't just say the only way I'll share this knowledge is if you pay. Now, to me, I'm always about providing value, providing value, providing value. And hopefully we'll continue to do that. But yeah, I agree with you. I think so. As far as myth goes, where do we land on this? Is it a myth that they're all cloud chasers? No, obviously. Um, yeah, they're definitely not all cloud chasers, but I, I can see from the perspective, usually people who are going to feel this way to like the extreme are people who are not on social media a lot. I is what okay. I think. Okay. I think I think I get that. I would say in the same way before I got on social media, I would, you know, kind of laugh at the people taking selfies all the time and it's like, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? I had a perception of what they were. And then now I'll walk into a thrift store with a camera and I'm taking a selfie of something and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm that person. But I look at it differently because, hey, I'm doing this not because of, for selfish reasons, like somebody on the outside might look and think, but I'm doing this because I'm trying to, I'm trying to help people. I'm trying to, whatever it is, right? So, so I- So you're saying that judgment doesn't pay. Like there, there needs to be a point where like the judging shouldn't happen. Maybe. I, I think there's also some valid reasons for judging people. I just think that this- specifically comes from maybe a misunderstanding of the people who are posting the things they're posting. Okay. It's good. I've, I, I mean, I've enjoyed this conversation. I didn't, you know, I had a certain idea of what Mike was going to say and Mike's not following the line. So that's good. That's why I love doing this. You podcast don't own me. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. How about the last? So this one I wanted to address. This is more of, so the story that shall not be named, ah. right. Has, has caught on. I mean, in our own little world, it's caught on, but I see a lot of people hashtagging, you know, STS, NBN, story that shall not be named. I see people just had, have you seen that? Huh. Like there's just people that will just call it story. Like individuals that for a reason decided to take it on. And I appreciate that. Like I, I still, we're going to always call it until things change, which I don't think will. We're going to call it the story that shall not be named. Wouldn't that be funny if like they ended up sponsoring us and we're like, this episode is brought to you by the store that shall not be named. <laughs> yeah, that would be hilarious. <laughs> so this is what I'll say. So a lot of, you know, I think to me, this is, to me, it's a myth. I think, okay. What is the myth? The myth that the store that shall not be named is doing what they're doing as a result of social media. Where do you land on that? I, I, I would. As a result of sharing in the community. I would say it's 50-50. I think it's Ooh, one, it's back to that same idea like politician. You you can't put it back in the box. I think social media as a whole is changing the way every company that okay. is going that's worth its salt is doing business. Okay. All right. So, absolutely 100% if any business is going to stay in business long term, 
they're finding ways to utilize social media. And I absolutely think the story that shall not be named is probably, I mean, we, we've mentioned it before. You think they're following hashtags and following resellers? I wouldn't be surprised if they don't have a social media marketing team that is checking two things. Okay. Right? Now I know they did watch Craigslist Hunter videos. Okay. I remember that. Yeah. that's So automatically you've got that. Here's two things. Companies care about the way their, their company is being presented on the internet. Right. So, most companies have people who well, they have a terrible PR team right now then because they're getting, I mean, it's now granted you're in the community that you're in like Instagram, like it's weird, right? That you follow certain people. Like I ran, when I talked to Hugo and Tiffany from sell quick, ship quick or other people, like I mentioned somebody, they're like, who's that? Right. Oh, I follow this person. I follow. So it all depends on who you follow, right? right? You end up landing. So my sense is based on who we follow, who we're associated with overall, the sentiments towards the source shall not be named aren't very positive right now. Yeah. No, and that's not to say that the, that every company, specifically this store, is doing a good job of cleaning up their name or or maybe they don't care. Maybe they I recognize. Think, I don't think it matters. But but it, it does, right? Like we've talked about it before. Like I do think, and this is all like assumptions, but I do think that if certain stores continue to up prices to eBay quality or eBay prices without selling on eBay, right? They're hoping to get it from customers. They're going to recognize that it's more difficult, that that resellers are packaging in to the price that they're selling things for, the time that it took to go find it, the time it takes to take pictures, the time it takes to ship it, the shipping cost, right? all of that is being packed in to that price and finding a customer across the country that wants it, right? So if if the store that should not be named thinks that they can get that same price without packaging all of that into the deal, it eventually is going to start to fall apart, right? So they might not care about resellers to an extent or follow, but but eventually it is going to make an impact on their their company. If they recognize that resellers who might be 20, 25% of their business aren't shopping there anymore, no company can survive taking that kind of a hit without addressing it. No, I agree. I didn't want to drop a news story though. I want to read a little bit of it. All right, let's hear it. Okay, so this is from 2005. Okay, this is pre-iPhone. This is before YouTube, before Instagram, before Facebook, before all of it. Let me share this. And I think I shared this a little bit a year ago, but let, let me just share this. So think about it. Okay, so before I read this, think of the context here. Okay, we're talking in a world where there's no such thing as social media influencers. We're talking about a world that there's no such thing as an iPhone. We're talking about a world that there isn't a way to get information unless you like went on a computer and you got on eBay. On top of that, I want you to think of this current world right now of we, we were always saying, Hey, you know, and I hear this all the time. Like don't hashtag goodwill. Don't tag locations. Like don't let goodwill. Oh, am I saying the name of the store? Oh man, my apologies. The store that shall not be named. Don't do any of this because they're going to find out and they're going to up prices and, you know, this is why we're in the dilemma we're in. Okay, so let me read what the story that shall not be named was doing back in two, 2005. Okay, so I don't want to read the whole thing, but uh, okay. Once upon a time, if you had a passion for vintage Wizard of Oz puzzles or glass-handled knives, or if you needed clothes but couldn't afford new ones, by the way, this is from the San Francisco Chronicle, 2005, uh, you went to flea markets or secondhand stores or garage sales to buy pre-owned items you coveted. You have to be willing to comb through a lot of junk, blah, 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 blah. I'll keep reading. 
Then along came the internet. Anyone with a digital camera computer can now offer the wicker baby carriage or that old looking painting of a gristmill to customers who number in the millions on sites such as eBay and Craigslist. Remember we talked about you didn't know that Craigslist is around? This is 2005. Okay. Now, it says, I'll just say the name of the store, Goodwill has discovered this trend and is trying to price items more realistically in order to get a larger share of the profit from reselling donated items. To do this, it is now employing at its warehouses sorters who have a better idea of the value of the merchandise the company receives. In addition, these sorters direct items to the stores where they most likely find a buyer who will pay top prices to Goodwill's internet sales site. This is 05, by the way where more desirable items will be viewed by thousands of potential buyers. This has produced an interesting tension at the 16 Goodwill stores in San Francisco, Marin, da, da, da. Goodwill calls people who buy things for resale, pickers or vendors. These customers account for a whopping 50% of Goodwill customers. Ordinarily, stores would want to keep such a large group of customers happy, but this is the exception to the rule because happiness for a vendor today is finding stuff cheap to resell for much more. Now, this is a Goodwill rep. This is a quote. We used to encourage our vendors, so resellers, right? Goodwill brings in people who know what things are worth, which is annoying. This is another, uh, this is a vendor. Now they mark things up. You lose the idea that you might find a treasure. This is 2005, by the way. Let me give you an example right here. So did you see, I don't know if you saw Instagram stories. I was on Mission Street in San Francisco at a Goodwill. And I found a lot of good stuff this last week. For example, this is from the article. For example, a sorter at the Carnivorous, whatever, Goodwill warehouse on Mission Street spots a large E Levi's tag. Wow. Wow. On a pair of slacks, a scarce commodity, and sets the pair aside for the Hate Street store, which concentrates on high-end vintage clothing. She also finds a Chanel blouse and sends it to Goodwill's boutique and Mission and 19th Streets, where its designer label and cachet will more likely be recognized in values. Jersey is a store on Clement Street in San Francisco. So sports memorabilia donated to Goodwill. A replica shirt that might bring in $4 in the general mix will likely sell for $8 to $12 there, da, da, da. So, and I'll post this article in our link tree, in our Instagram. Actually, we'll post it on our YouTube. But the story goes on and on and on. It talks about, let me share another part here. The books, right? We talked about books, right? And it shares how they have a scanner for books. He said, like Borders, said Thompson, hopefully he's nudging the store towards putting out seasonal clothing. I have 50-something trailers of fall clothing, but then when we talk about books, I'm trying to get to the section on books. Maybe I missed it. It's in here. You know what? I don't want to belabor the podcast, but they talk about using scanners so they know what they're selling for to be able to sell it at price for profit. So to me, Goodwill has been in this game way longer than social media has been at it. Yeah. Now, I I think just all great points, but I think it just um, solidifies the fact that is Goodwill using social media as a way to continue this process that they started back in 2005? I think so. I don't know. In my experience, I mean, I know a lot of managers, they're they're like, why why would we waste our time? The amount of time it takes to follow a hashtag or to watch no, the yeah, videos, yeah, yeah. I, we I, can get done by sorters. And and I've been there. I've seen them research things on eBay. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But what I'm saying is the sorters are, and, and probably especially if you're thinking like broad, like across like nation, nationally, they're probably 
because for professional development for them is to learn those things, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to look up every pair of jeans, but if you've learned that big E Levi's are a big deal, you don't have to look up every pair. It's like, oh, here's one, right? Well, let, me so, throw, let me throw another wrench. Can I throw another wrench? Maybe if it's actually a wrench. It's, it's also Salvo, Salvation Army. Uh -huh. So Salvation Army, you know, I share this. Are you going to read another book? I'm not going to read another book. I know my, Mike loves it when I read articles. I know I hate it when I taught. I made sure never to read the PowerPoint or never read the book. So I get it. But and I'll throw this article on too, uh, on our link tree, but th they're doing the same thing. They're finding stuff. There's a pair of Briar's horses that they found and they were going to price them for $25 to $30 each. They decided to put it online for eBay and they sold it for $3,939. Right now, here's the other catch. So there was a reseller who found out what, you know, Salvation Army and all we're doing. And she decided to work for the Salvation Army and now does all the reselling for them. So think about it. So it's not just social media. It's other resellers catching yeah. on and going, hey, we could do this too. Like we're able to make this money. So what I want to say out there is that I think it's unavoidable. Yeah, it's unavoidable. But I, I do also think, I think you have to, to clarify what you're saying Social media has impacted it. There's no way it hasn't because in the same way you can't, I feel like you can't speak out of both sides of your mouth. You can't say social media has completely changed the way resellers are able to resell. Mm -hmm. And at the same time say, but there's no way that a, a, a company like Goodwill would use it to change the way that they're reselling, right? Like if it makes that big of an impact in the same way that we could tell our, our listeners, like stop going on social media, stop watching YouTube, stop listening to podcasts, just look up everything on eBay. It'd be obnoxious, right? Like we'd basically be saying there's there's no value in anything that we're doing. If we really believe there's value in what we're doing, then absolutely it's worth the time of of sorters. I think that's a work. great point. I really do. I think that's a very valid point. What I'm trying to counter is, I mean, the reason the store that shall not be named came up for two reasons, right? One was because we were kind of frustrated at their policies and practices. And the other one is that there's this conspiracy of like the boogeyman, like the store that shall not be named is following you, right? If you block them, you'll be able to stop them from finding this information, right? Or if we stop using hashtags or we stop geotagging, which in the end, let's say, let's say all that happened. Let's say social media went away like it was in 2005. The store that shall not be named would still be doing the same thing. That that's my only argument. They wouldn't be doing the same thing they're doing now, because they they're I'm sure they're using social media now. I think so, but I don't I don't believe it's I and again this is all anecdotal from people I know people I've talked to I, you know there's the article goes on like in that warehouse on the wall they have like bolos pretty much mm -hmm. like keep an eye, and that's in 05. So my argument is ultimately that social media and YouTube and all this is something that we got to be careful and understanding that we need to share responsibly, but it is not the reason as to why we're in the place we're in. Like, I don't think it's the ultimate reason. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. I just think that we also have to recognize and say that this is the shifting of the time and it does change the way that businesses, including resellers, are doing work. So we can look at it and say social media, I think we have to say, has negatively impacted in some ways reselling. 
but it's also positively impacted it. And then the real question is, has have the positives outweighed the negatives? And I think they do. hundred percent. But I think thousand percent. But I think that I think that you can go the extreme on either direction, but the extreme of saying, like, okay, if we blocked Goodwill, they're not gonna find it. Well, you don't know how social media works, right? People are gonna make ghost accounts and they're gonna be able mm-hmm. to follow like they're gonna know what's what's doing. They're doing market research the same <laughs> way. Imagine the story that shall not be named that ghost account. Oh, absolutely. That'd be hilarious. I hundred percent believe they do. Like, mar- like Oh, you think they do? If you th- market research between research and development and market research are the things that most companies are gonna pour a significant amount of their their resources into you. Okay. Right? I, I now the ones that do it best are the ones that are gonna make it, but absolutely one hundred percent there are people at Goodwill. Who their job is either one to follow social media and to see how their 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 company is being presented, trying to present positive marketing, and or find those bolos, print out posters, and then put them in like send these to Goodwills. Hey, yeah, the sorters might not have time, but if we can do a few hours of research and now we've got an extra couple of posters that are up in the yeah, absolutely, they've got people doing that. And if they don't, they should. <laughs> well, I guess so. I just I don't know. I I, I will I will say I do struggle with. And, and, you know, if it's for a good cause, like we know a lot of resellers that work for different charities and do eBay, like I, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I struggle if jumping ship. I mean, I've been contacted before by store that shall not be named people that are friends of mine and ask me, hey, what do you use to research this? And I couldn't answer. Oh, yeah. No, you got to be loyal to your. Uh, I just couldn't do it. Like friends, even though man. no one would have known, I felt like I would have been behind enemy lines. So anyways. But. They can listen to the podcast. They're here now. They're so here. those of you that know me, I apologize. That's why I didn't share that information with you. So it was awkward. It was kind of like, let's change the conversation. <laughs> we wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. So, all right. So those are our myths. I, I love that point counterpoint. I feel that Mike and I agree ultimately, but it's, there's some things where well, and I think the important thing too is, I want to make sure we're presenting both sides yeah, of agree. the argument. You I know, agree. because people will get passionate and understand, especially if you've been affected financially, right? And so, um, I think we want to make sure that Pierce Podcast presents a a. We understand the positions, right? We understand. We understand. We want to try and give what we believe is truth, but we can understand how sometimes these issues are more complex and nuanced than than just a simple black or white. And we'll be running for office in 2020. Please look out for us on the ticket. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, vote, vote, Mike. Orlando will be VP. <laughs> oh, I'm the VP. I'm all good. All I have to do is make one decision in the Senate. That's it. That's my only job. <laughs> so I'm good, good with go. that. All right. Unless something happens to you, but you know. <laughs> all right. Hey. So <laughs> moving on from that, you could be the designated survivor. All right. So, <laughs> okay. Well, no, that's different. That was me. I can't be the designated survivor. If I was designated survivor, I wouldn't be the vice president. Anyways, that's just a VP gets taken out and the, and the whole house. Anyways, we're not going to get into government <laughs> lesson here. Okay. Sharing questions. Okay. We already, I think we pretty much answered about what about one-offs, yep. right? We're both agree that one-offs ultimately sharing them aren't an issue. Yeah. Usually not a big deal. Right. I mean, is it possible that, you know, one time that Mike and I shared one bolo, it was a bolo that no one knew about. And now we maybe, but again, Every bolo that we've shared, I still can find, not constantly, but it hasn't changed. It's like I've I haven't gone like I have not seen this in mm. two years. Yep. You know what I mean? It's still out there. So, 
and Mike and I, I will we'll be we'll be real. Like we won't share bolos that right now we feel that have been really good to us. Yeah, and, and I think I think part of it too. We've talked about this back in the very. Did I say first, that right? I think so. Did it sound selfish? Maybe, but I think people understand. <laughs> okay. Um, so we back in the very first few episodes, we kind of covered this, and I think it's still true, is that even if it does have a slight negative impact on the community, the positive impact is going to be bigger. And realistically, the people who are are devoted enough, they're disciplined enough, they're committed enough to go out there day after day after day, they're committed to learn, they're committed to make this reselling thing work, they're going to figure it out, whether or not it's by us or somebody else. I 100% agree with that. I just think those people are so much smaller. And I think the fear is that all of a sudden there's going to be tens of thousands of new resellers that are all doing this thing. And then I think you're forgetting that how hard this is, right? And Mm -hmm. many, many people are not going to put in the work that our listeners put in. Agreed. And so I think that you just have to remember that too, that I could tell somebody at my work a crazy good bolo and say like, you should sell this thing on eBay. And the chance that they're going to actually go out and put in the time and energy it takes to be a reseller is so small. It's not going to make a big deal. And there's the other part too, that Mike and I, I mean, we do have things that are specifically native to San Diego that if we were to share that, we would be killing our own market. Right. So that goes and leads to our, our next discussion here. What about tagging locations? Where, where do you land on that? So a lot of people say, don't tag the store that shall not be named. Don't tag this place. What, 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 what's your thoughts on that? I think some of that goes back to the previous thing we were talking about is like, do, will they be able to use that as, as research? Which I don't know, maybe, probably, maybe not to the extent we think so. Um, the other aspect is, um, okay, we've talked before about like honey holes, right? Like, Sometimes you spend a lot of time and energy finding a vendor, finding a location that might not be as well populated. Maybe it's not as, as it, 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 for some reason it gets significantly more of the items we're looking for. Um, and I would, I would say if that's you and you've put in hours of work, searching, finding, finding this place, being committed to it long enough to see if it's actually a place that's worthwhile don't just give that information away. Yeah. Right. Cause that's, that's basically like I've put in all this work. Now let me just give all of that work I've done, give it away for free and then diminish the outcome of that work. Agreed. And so I'm just going to be all right. I, I'm not, here's the thing. We'll talk about this later, but people have different perspectives, right? So my perspective is don't tag locations. Now, if somebody tags a location, I'm not going to go after them. I'm not going to say anything. Like, People can find that location anyways, yeah. right? Where I, we're just, you know, we expedited. So, for example, when I was outsourcing in the Bay Area, I did have people DM me and say, hey, check out this place, check out this place. I was careful to not tag locations, right? Because I didn't know if that was someone's honey hole. I was right. careful, right? And the other part of it was I didn't, you know, want to end up in this place where, you know... I go to San Diego, I'm, I'm, I'm at a location and people are like, hey, you know, why didn't you, why, why'd you tag locations over here, but you didn't tag your own home place? Yeah, you don't want to, right? that would that, be messed that, up. That would have been messed up. The other part of it is, hey, if people DM me, you know, for the most part, I'll let, I'll let them know. Every once in a while, there's some places that are, I would say, so good that I just tell people, hey, 
there's many clues to figure out where I was at, you know, and I give an example, like our eBay stores, right? We were for a long time and we're still, the only reason I'm not a big fan of sharing our eBay store is it kills our metrics. Yeah. Right. I, right now I have certain items that have had hundreds of views and multiple watchers. And my guess is it's either a, it's listeners or somebody on IG that wanted to see if it's over what it's over for, or I guess it's just people researching. I don't know. But once we started doing the podcast, as the podcast got bigger, a lot more of that started happening. Right. Right. And we had a lot of influencers tell us, like, be careful. And now we haven't had anybody do anything negative. We've had actually that we've had a lot more sales mm-hmm. as a result of the podcast. But I would say be careful. Right. Because you don't know what you're you may be sabotaging inadvertently especially when it comes to stores, because there are certain people that have certain stores that is very valuable for them to consistently go to that store. And I would hate to be the one that ends up sabotaging that store. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Good with that I, one? I think it kind of reminds me of where I used to grow up. There was a couple of like really unique hiking trails that were like locals only knew about it because there wasn't a lot of hiking places. People didn't really come there for that. But there was like, a cool creek that you could get down to and there were some waterfalls and it was like a local only thing and before long it's one of those things social media comes out pictures start coming up people start sharing where it's at next thing you know a blog gets written about it by like a famous blogger of this really cool place and here's how you find it with like directions and locations and now this cool place that you could go you know every couple of weekends and there might be like 20 or 30 people there hanging out having a good time now all of a sudden there's hundreds and hundreds of people there. There's nowhere to swim anymore. It's not fun. And it's like, oh, seriously, like, why did people have to do this? Right. And so I think it's that same thing. Like, it, know who you're sharing with. No, no, don't ruin the ecosystem. Right. It's kind of what we're saying. But I want to add a little, another caveat to all this. There are some places that the velocity of goods that go through them, it doesn't matter. I mean, I can think of a couple of places right now that every day it's like Black Friday, but it doesn't matter. I walk out with all kinds of goodness and not only local, but in other parts of the country that I've been at that I could show up Monday night. I could show up Saturday morning, Thursday afternoon, and it's amazing what's in there. So, but be careful. And again, this is a perspective. I want to be clear with that. You know, because if you tag, I have no problem if you tag that place, just understand that there may be an inadvertent results, but I'm never a fan of hating or calling out people. You know, there's just too much going on in my own business and what we're doing with the podcast to waste my time doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, I've seen, you know, on social media where people, people do things a lot of times innocently, and it might not even actually be a bad thing they're doing, but somebody perceives it as like, Oh, you've hurt the market or mm-hmm. you've instantly judgment, instant judgment. And and they get they get attacked. And I think one of the things we have to remember is we're all people, right? Like we're humans and people make mistakes. Sometimes you might be the one making the mistake and you're the one doing the attacking. You you're just you're blaming somebody else for it. And you've got to realize that that these are people with real feelings. And most people aren't walking around like, I want to ruin your life. I want to ruin your life. And so if if they do something and you think that that they're affecting you. DM them, say like, hey, you know, this is the situation. I, I always look at it like this. Don't ever say something on online that you wouldn't say to somebody face to face, sitting down, like having a, a 
a decent conversation. Now, if you're the kind of person that like, but there are some people that would. Yeah, if you're the kind of person <laughs> that like, you just meet somebody on the street and you're gonna like, cuss them out and yell at them, and you've got no problem with like doing that to somebody's face, then oh, there, there's other issues we got to work on. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, but realistically, a lot of times people are are more willing to be cruel on the internet because it's easy. And I do this, you know, this happens with students all the time, right? And I think it's a good, kids are a good um, indicator of the, the same things that happen. Well, the same things that happen with adults, but the emotions are so much bigger that you can kind of it, ah, you see, see it easier, you know? And so kids will say things on the internet to somebody and then you sit the two kids down and you're like, all right, now tell them that same thing that you just told them on the internet, right? And and, and they'll cry and they don't want to do it because I they don't know miss those days. You, you don't want to say something. You, you don't want to hurt. People usually don't want to just hurt other people. But when you're doing it on the internet, you're you're oftentimes you're separated and you don't realize you forget that this is a real person with family and life and they're trying to pay their bills. So just be careful if somebody does share something, whether it's a bolo or a location or whatever it is, maybe reserve the attacking. Oh, I can tell you there's more. And we're going to talk about this retail arbitrage. There's multiple times I'm like, oh, this person ruined it. Yeah, like I want to say something, but I won't because, again, they have a different perspective. Right. I mean, it's, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, Gary Vee is very big on telling people on social media, share everything, mm. right? Everything. And some people have, you know, we've been called out. We've been told like, well, aren't you supposed to share everything? And I'm like, no, like I'm a reseller first. Like before we do, if the podcast were to go to go away, let's say cancel culture hit us and we're done. I'd still be reselling. Like that's not going to go away. So I'm going to be careful I'm going to share responsibly uh, on on this platform with the podcast on YouTube, on Insta, wherever we're at, on TikTok, whatever platform we're using. Now, are we agreed on retail arbitrage? Yeah, and honestly, this is the one where I feel like we've we've talked about a ton, but it's it's important. I think to but just I think reminders are good remind on this one, but but I think it's a simple like I think this is just like a simple pithy. If it's something that's currently out there right now. Don't share it, right? Because the markets tank so fast because of resellers. And, and like we talked about before, like that shift of supply goes from maybe a limited supply in the store to now an, a limited supply on eBay. But if you're the one that that found this item, that's like, hey, I could sell this on eBay. And now everybody is doing it. Like, ah, I don't know. Well, I mean, we know examples. I mean, Monopoly for Millennials is the biggest one. And again, I have... From last year? Yeah. I mean, and, and here's the thing. I'm not directing this towards any one individual because yeah, there was a YouTube video. We'll throw it out there. Everybody knows about it, but it was already happening before that. Yeah. People were blasting it on, on Instagram like, feeds. I'll and never forget. And, and Will from Thrifty Nomads can testify to this in the comment section. If he watches the YouTube that I, I went to go visit and I showed up and my pilot was stacked full with monopoly for millennials. I mean, I hit, I don't know. I had hundreds. I don't know. Maybe like 200. Okay. I don't want to say hundreds, but like 200 in my, in my car. And I remember he approached my car. He goes, bro, what is that? And I go, it's the bolo, man. I'm like, if you get your hands on this, get it. That afternoon, social media posts. Mm. And I'm like, oh no, this is going to be bad. So I remember. Not from Will. No, not from Will. Yeah, no, no, make no, sure no. to Will, clarify that. Yeah, Will took a picture and just posted it on <laughs> Not from Will. Do not edit this video. Not from Will. Um, so what so what ended up happening is instantly it started happening. But you know, I I think about other situations where there were other items out there. Uh, you know, for example, I want to talk about uh Luva Bella dolls two years ago. 
in, inadvertently was shown on a few YouTube videos in the background. And what ended up happening? Every single, not every single reseller. I'm using that as a term of exaggeration. Every I single reseller went out there and sourced it. So here's the other danger. When you show retail arbitrage, you may share, you may cause scarcity that is not real. Well, and here's the problem is scarcity is actually good for a reseller. Um, it's not good if you're you're not it's so scarce you can't get a hold of it, but usually that means prices go up. Here's the problem, I think, which is unique with reselling with scarcity. So if an item is selling for $20 at Walmart and you can sell it for $50 on Amazon, okay? You go and you buy a bunch of them and so does every other reseller because it becomes popular. Now, all these people have items. Not everybody is going to go and say, well, whatever doesn't sell, I'm going to take back to Walmart and I'm going to get my money back. And a lot of people, you know, maybe they don't agree with that or they don't have time for that, whatever it is. So they're going to say, you know what? This market's starting to dip. I can't get 50 for it anymore. Actually, I can't even get 35 for it anymore. I'm going to start losing money. Uh, I'm going to drop these off. I'll sell these for $15.99. I'm going to take a loss on each of them, but I'd rather take that loss than the whole 20, mm -hmm. right? And so now people are selling them for that and you've got yours and you can't get rid of them. So you've got a whole you know, car full of them and you're like, well, now I need to sell them for $14.99 if I'm going to be able to, to make. And so instead of Walmart still selling them for 20 bucks, right? But now people can get them actually cheaper than you mm -hmm. can get them in store because resellers are doing this race to the bottom thing. So that is where the problem comes from. The scarcity, I don't think, is the problem. The problem is a surplus in the wrong hands. Yeah, but let's talk, let's talk about Ebola we had last year, right? Do you remember the one that you and your wife were ninjas? Oh, yeah. Okay. We're ninja. So I had sold Mike, I didn't charge him anything, that this was a major Bolo, right? I mean, you could say that I was pretty adamant because... Like oh you, yeah, like you convinced me to go out like at one o'clock in the morning to yes. uh, to a Walmart after after the podcast. I'm so tired. I'm like, I've got to hit this Had Walmart. I, uh, now get this item. I say that because the year before, I killed it with this. I killed it. Well, every so Mike and I, I think we had a huge share of the amount of this amount of these items in San Diego. In San Diego area. I think we were now. There were others. It's not weird. <laughs> it is weird. It is weird. So, but we went to certain stores and I'd hear about, I'd ask, you know, cause I knew certain employees and they'd say, oh yeah. So-and-so showed up and they already picked up like 80 of this and 60 of this. And then what I started thinking about, I was like, wait a second. Cause you know, after a month, right. I kept telling Mike, like demand's going to kick in. Demand's going to kick in. Demand never kicked in. Nope. Demand never kicked in. Nope. I still made money on it. I didn't make a lot. Yeah. Did you end up at a loss? Um, no, I made a, like a very small amount of money, not worth the time, but yeah. worth the knowledge, right? Yeah. The experience. Uh, thank you, Mike. Appreciate cool. that. <laughs> so what ended up happening was that scarcity that was created was created because of sharing. Like I created that scarcity was sharing with Mike, right? Cause there's no way I, cause what ended up happening with this item, there was a two item limit too. Mm hmm Right. So we had to get creative in how we ended up picking up and sourcing these items. So I may have inadvertently created a scarcity with Mike. Other resellers may have created a scarcity and it was a reseller scarcity that happened. Yeah. Right. That's what happened. It's kind of like fingerlings. I keep saying I, there'll be a day the when demand, we never say fingerlings again. The demand has to come from the customer, right? The demand Correct. can't come from resellers, but Part of what we do in reselling is we are, uh, what's the term for it? We're speculators, 
we we are professional speculators is what we're doing is is it's the same thing like people do with stock markets and you you don't just guess you're not like throwing the dice and saying well i hope what you're doing is you're taking as much information as you can you say like based off the information i have i think the trend is going this direction going this direction and so there has to be an element of speculation it's not 100% for sure and so sometimes you win sometimes you lose uh, but yeah it's it's if the demand is only coming from resellers because we think that there'll be an even higher demand from customers and that high demand of customers doesn't actually meet what we thought, then we lost, right? 100%. And, and that's why, oh, go ahead. Okay, and I was just going to say with, with sharing, sometimes that's the case. Sometimes sometimes it's not even just bolos that are being shared that are actually good things where markets will tank, but sometimes people will share things that aren't even really that great and it creates that false, yes. almost mania yes. of of scarcity like i've got to buy this got to buy this got to buy this i've seen that and happen it's never more coming from the customers 100 percent. and i do you're right you're right because there are certain things oh you know what we should do what our model then should be trying to sell to resellers no i, I right I, like no i'd really think that's doable because i'm telling you there are so many things the last q4 that people shared on social that created a scarcity in the market that was never going to be there in the first place right because they might have you know there may have been scarcity in the beginning like maybe, you know, what I find out, I'll give you an example. So when the Rampage movie came out, remember that movie with Dwayne The Rock yeah, Johnson? Yeah. It wasn't a great movie, but I remember the video game, right? So I would buy those big gorillas. And I remember I bought those gorillas. I think they were like 35 on at Walmart. And I remember flipping them for $80 consistently for a week. And this was like two months before the movie came out. I think that people didn't know much about the movie coming out or they didn't know much about that Walmart and Target was selling it. So they would see on Amazon, they're like, oh, I better get this. Mm. But once it ended up on Walmart and Target and it's on two weeks later, it was selling at $35 a piece, right? Could I have dropped that on social media? And like, everybody's like, oh, let's go to Target and Walmart. Let's get these. Would have created some crazy scarcity for an item that wasn't even a bolo. And and I think part of the thing too, if I had a huge following, by the way, that scarcity it, it's going to have a bigger impact on the market than people realize too. So for a short amount of time, there will be an increase in what customers are willing to pay. Because if you can't walk into a Walmart or a Target or your local box store or go on Amazon and, and buy it for the retail ticket price, and you really want it, and the only people selling it are resellers for an extremely high price, people will pay for it because it's not in the stores. So for temporarily stores being out of stock creates even for customers a sense of of you know fear of like I've got to pay up for this item but then the it starts to balance out quickly because like we said resellers end up flooded with the item and there's a race to the bottom and then there's a restock and then there's restock and then you're done yep. you are done and that's happened multiple times well and I just think of like back in the day I remember Growing up as a kid, like when when PlayStation 2 first came out, Xbox came out, then, you know, the whatever new thing came out, it really was like if you could get your hands on one when they were first coming out, you could sell those things on eBay for ridiculous prices. Mm -hmm. People were selling them for insane amounts. And then then there was this idea of like, that's what you can do with new gaming consoles. So then the newest gaming console comes out. Everybody does that. But the reality is they produce, they manufactured more than enough of them. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there's still this push of like, we've got to go out and, you know, buy the newest Xbox one, whatever it is, but it's, there's actually no scarcity. There's plenty of them. Maybe not when they originally come to the store. And I think even manufacturers know that each store is only getting 10 this first day, but then like an hour later, it's like, and then here's 10 more in yeah. the next day and well, here's that's, 50 of them. 
And that's why I'm saying that's why you got to be careful on what you share. And retail arbitrage, again, you may not, let's say you do, let's say you get that clout, right? You get all these likes and whatever. And people are like, oh, thanks so much for sharing. You may inadvertently, I keep using that word, but it's the best word for the scenario, damage your own business later on because you create a scarcity that shouldn't have been there. Or you sabotage other resellers' businesses, which I, that's the part that bugs me the most. So I'm going to end on one note. So this, I thought the best tip was given on Reddit. So somebody had gone on there and they had dropped a major bolo, right? And this bolo is beginning to tank already. Uh, it's not a tanking level yet, but I would say by the time this episode is, is dropped, it may be there already. So this person said, Hey, anybody pick up blank, blank, blank. And this person responded with, just a tip. It's usually best to wait until it's completely died out before making a post like this to a 140K sub. Just leaving it there. Okay, let's go to our hustle of the week. But before we do that, if you're not following us on Instagram, make sure to follow us. We are Peter Also Podcast. Always, you know, we're dropping new information, updates, our IG stories. We're always documenting what we're doing. There's tons of bolos that we share. Bolo. I mean, it's definitely worth your time. We're also on Twitter. We are Pure Cast. We're also on Facebook, Pure Podcast. And we're growing our TikTok now. <laughs> Mike is so skeptical. But hey, there's there's a small growing reselling community on there. So if you want to see us do stupid stuff or drop knowledge, we're on TikTok also. There you go. Okay. All right. Now, uh, you can always uh, hit us up on the email, podcast at gmail.com. You can always give us a call, 619-738-1170. And uh, hey, want to say we appreciate all the reviews. Again, we all, Mike and I, you want to share your line about how reviews help us? Yeah. Honestly, like we get all the time where people will tell us, like, you've helped us so much. Thank you for all that you do for the community. Thank you. And, and that is in and of itself the reward right we your mm-hmm. appreciation Agreed. like it means the world to us it's why we do what we do uh but the way that you can show gratitude that'll help us the most that will really you know impact us in a positive way is go on to itunes, iTunes leave us a review um let the world know that that this is a podcast that's helpful for you for reselling uh, because realistically that's how most people and we have a youtube following those of you watching, thank you so much. Please, yes, please subscribe yeah. and hit the yeah, notification. And if you're not following us on YouTube, please do that. But but majority of the people who find us are going to find us through iTunes, find us through podcast. And if you if we've got a lot of reviews there, if if it's it's you know kind of just, positive reviews, everybody knows the way algorithms work. It's the same way, right? The more reviews we have, the more stars we have, the more likely that people are going to be able to find Peer Hustle Podcast. And um, to us, like that, that means more than anything else. So thank you so much for those of you who've already left a great review. Um, if, if you haven't and you're interested, um, please feel free to do so. And if you hate us and can't stand us, let us know in a DM or something. And then <laughs> we're good with that. Yeah. Give us a, leave us a voicemail. We'll make sure not to put you on blast. Oh no, that'd be cool. Like I would totally put like negative voicemails on our podcast. No, we are not. No. Yeah. We, as long as no. there's not like any cursing or anything. Why would we do that? All right. Anyways. Okay. Also. If you want to say thank you in, in a monetary way, we do have that PayPal link at the bottom. We're always grateful. We thank you so much for that. And, uh, you know, sponsors, if you're listening or, you know, if you know anybody that might want to sponsor the podcast, we're here and we're kind of at a place that we would love to get more sponsors on. Uh, we'll make sure not to make this a spamming podcast of where we have constant ads, but it'd be nice to add a couple more. 
Yeah, or or yeah. Okay. Okay. You yep. you disagree? No, I agree. I just I don't know if I'd say a couple more. I always just I think we want to get some sponsors on here that are actually going to be beneficial for the community. Uh, agreed, agreed. But our, our goal is always to do this 100% free. And, you know, if you notice, we've, we're we now doing two episodes a week. It takes a lot more time. I mean, there's a lot of research that goes into it, a lot of the editing after we record it. And so, you know, we want to kind of offset whatever possible losses we may have by not engaging our own primary business of reselling. That's just that's what I'm saying. Yep. So, all right, let's do our hustle of the week. Mike's turn. Is first. Yeah. All right. So I I apologize if I ever read these like not perfectly because uh, Orlando puts these together. So I, I so, uh, say they're full of errors. No, no, no. Sometimes uh, they are. Cool. Oh. I, I'll be honest. They are sometimes. But um, no, realistically, though, like a lot of times I'm reading these for the first time. Uh, so if I say your name wrong or anything like that, uh, please forgive me. So uh, this first one, though, is coming from Trisha Instagram handle uh, at the shoe game slot. Uh, so. During Prime Day, noticed an Amazon glitch when looking for deals on camera equipment. Oh, that's close to my heart. I yeah. love camera equipment. So put in separate orders uh, not to get red flagged, and the glitch was in play for about 10 minutes. Picked up 11 lenses. Oh, lenses are where it's at. And six cameras for less than 2000 Ooh, That's good. Like, I can't think of any lenses and cameras you can get that but many. But take a look that. at the camera. One Canon EOS 60. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Okay, so one of them was a Canon EOS 60 Mark II kit, and it alone sells for 2100 That's ridiculous. I want a Canon Congrats, 60. Trisha. Congrats. That's yeah, yeah, all we're yeah. saying. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not trying to be envious here. <laughs> the, the green giant is coming out a little bit. You seriously got a 60 Mark II for that price? Unbelievable. Several of them. Oh, my gosh. And she, and she did it in different orders, too. Not, so not to red flag it. And Amazon honored it. Oh, man. So I think Reebok should learn from Amazon. I am i don't even know if I can finish the rest of this episode. I'm that <laughs> hurt. Good for you. Thank I'm you, so Trisha. Really you. appreciate what you, you did have it. shared with you, us. You nailed it. But, you know, I feel like I feel like I trade one of my toes in for one of those cameras. One you of know? your toes yeah. or camera? One of the toes I don't need, you know. That, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a really hard one. I would say toe, giving up a limb or something. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, that might be exaggeration, but that's an incredible find. So good for you. So, hey, that just goes to show you never know, um, you know, be on the lookout. You might find some crazy good sales. Well, and the thing is, it's you don't know. Like, again, and but she knew her specific field. Right. I wouldn't have gone like, hey, I'm going to go see if there's a glitch on cameras. So, again, we always say this. Like use the model that works for you. And if you haven't been following Trisha Shoe Game Slot on Instagram, you should. She drops a lot of stuff about sneakers. She she knows her her Nike shoes. Mm. I again I always say that's the one area I wish I knew. Do you know that there were some that sold for like two hundred? Like you can buy them for two hundred, they flip for over a thousand, like instantly. That's crazy. I've got no interest though. I just that's no, I get it. I'm in the same made. place, but I go. Wow, if I if I could figure out that game, figure out how to get the swoop into those sales and make those instant sales. I saw it and maybe we could. Oh, but, you we know. could. You definitely could. There's no reason you couldn't. It just, you'd have to have the interest in it and you have to put the time in. So, okay. I, you know, I I applaud all of the people who put the time in and usually they have because they have an interest in, in And that's the one thing I'll say about Trisha. She puts the time in. Yeah. I mean, she does her job. So thank you so much for sharing your hustle of the week. Yeah. So you've, you've got the, uh, you've got the shoe game lockdown and also camera equipment. So good for you. Yeah, she's a videographer. Nice. So yeah. well, then she knows 5D Mark II, man. That's. Or 60, Mark. 60. Jeez. All right. So going from cameras to snapbacks. 
Oh, so, that's that's up your alley. It is up my alley, and it, <laughs> I feel like I this should be the last snapback hustle of the week because we've had a lot lately. But I keep telling everyone I posted this on IG. It is to me one of the lowest points of entry for you to make good return. Right. Cause you can still lose money, but like, you know, Mike had that Apple hat that you sold for a hundred, right? Mm-hmm. You've had a Microsoft hat you sold for 60. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and you pay like 10 cents for those hats. Yeah. Pretty cheap. Right. So there. So Rusty Downsoft Thrifting on Instagram received a text from a lady he met at the bins at the store that shall not be named. So not all bins are crazy like ours here. I will say that. I definitely think we have the most intense bins in the country. You think so? We have one set. And we've talked about it several podcasts ago where it's it's intense. Mm. So people are awesome, but it gets intense. I believe so, it. Now, he began networking at the bins, right? And began, and this is one of the things we talked about when we went that like networking in the bins is a big deal. So he began to network at the bins to grab things each party was interested in. So they'd have, you know, I talked about this, like sharing is caring because you can share your information. So. It, the sharing extended past the bins to sourcing another location. So this individual would find stuff and say, hey, I found this over here. Are you interested? And vice versa. That's so good. Like, I have some people like that, too. It's very powerful. Eventually, the text was referring to a bin of hats she was selling. Picked up 150 vintage hats for $20. Nice. A lot of them were dead stock. Okay. And if you don't know what dead stock is, it's just basically the items that are new then, you know, for a reason, ended up with the tags and still were there. Now, I do have an update on that pickup. So remember, paid $20 for all these hats. Okay. Already sold four of them for $30 each on Facebook. Wow. Okay. Nice. Facebook Marketplace. I got to tell you, I had a friend of mine, close friend of mine, just share all these sales they've had. He started listening to the podcast and FB Marketplace has been the place. And then on top of that, has other hats that we're looking at comps that could sell for good money. And I'm looking at the hats here, like Mighty Ducks, New Wit Tags, Vintage nice. 90s, Orlando Magic, Mack Truck. I mean, there's there's some good hats in that. There's some good hats. So never hurts to network. I, that's just my view. Like, you know, we've talked about the, our last selling, our last sharing podcast that we did was a lot about sharing your reseller. Uh-huh. Right. And one of the things we always express is, networking is huge so rusty nice work appreciate you know you being sharing with us the whole story because it really helps i hope others to branch out there so thank you down south down south i almost said it with an f down south thrifting rusty on instagram nice cool all right our next one comes from mark instagram handle uh larka marky on instagram and we met him at eBay Open. Oh, yeah. And he's local, too. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so it was in La Jolla, so local around here, uh, for some estate sales and stopped by a Goodwill afterwards and saw a big leather decorative lion uh, without any markings other than uh, half of a Made in England sticker. So I didn't know anything else about it, but started looking it up, said, like, this is pretty good quality. It's thick. It's nice. So he starts looking it up, and all he could put in was leather lion England, and he found some that were similar made by a luxury home decor company named Omersa uh, and saw comps for hundreds of dollars. This item was only $7.99, clearly picking it up. Picks store it up. That shall not be named. At the store that shall not be named. It. Picks it up and um, decided just going to figure out all the details later. Lists it high um, and ends up accepting an offer for $389 plus shipping. 
That's an amazing from $7.99 to $389. And then it gets even crazier. The person who bought it ends up reselling it, uh, but luckily only for like $50 more. So that's not too bad. Well, the person initially did sell it for $895. I just don't know what happened. Uh, you know, we don't know. And by the way, FlipperTools.com is a tool that we use a lot where you can investigate what actually best offer sold for. But right now it's eBay did something to we still can't tell anymore now. But I mean, I wish we could share our listeners, but the footstool literally looks like a black leather lion, hmm. right? That you put your foot on, right? That's, that's interesting. It's interesting. I would have completely missed it, right? I mean, would you have stopped for this item? Yeah. Something that weird. For you would have sure. stopped for it? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I would have been able to find it. I would have probably done. I think that was great to be able to look up. Just because the England, like leather line England, just putting in keywords is good. I would have tried the picture thing because I've had some luck with that. Um, yeah. But something that weird that I don't see often, I probably would have, I probably would have looked it up. But um, I don't know if I would have put in as much time to research. It obviously, took some time and it was worth it. Was it, worth it. I mean, yeah. and and so what Marco say is, the other seller that sold it for more had better pictures, had better keywords. So that's always important. We always say keywords and pictures sell things until we have the white beta background and. Maybe it won't matter. Well, that, that could be it. But, and I do think that there's probably something to be said for that. But also, he could have just taken a low offer and this guy was willing, he knew what it was worth and willing to, to, to wait a little longer. Well, and the other guy, anyways, we're not going to get into it. But sometimes people, you know, when people ask you, like, where did you get this item? Some people embellish a little bit. Mm, right. And I so, see. anyway, so, you know, if I, if so I there see was a I got story it, behind it that wasn't real, I'm not going there. But, anyways, it happened. So, Anyways, legit, legit hustle of the week. All of them were. I mean, we went from cameras to hats to a footstool, right? And again, even though all the sharing that's happened, there are still deals out there. There's still money to be made. So yeah, hopefully we haven't destroyed the uh, the leather lion made in England from a MRSA footstool market. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hopefully we haven't. So <laughs> anyway, so thank you so much. Rusty, thank you so much, Mark. And thank you so much, Trisha. Really, really. Oh, yeah. You know, one thing we should talk about one time is um, you, maybe we should have different buying and selling accounts too. Something to think about, right? Because that, that's the case here, right? Because if somebody knows you're a reseller, maybe you won't get the same amount. You know what I'm saying? How often do you re research a, a, somebody who's buying from you, though? That's true. I, I do sometimes. Depends on the feedback. If somebody has a lot, actually, I'll research somebody more if they have a lot of feedback. Huh. Because I'm really interested in like, are they a reseller? Mm. I, I'll go to the items for sale. I'll check to the solds because what, what I end up doing is if I find out that they're a reseller, I go, hmm, why does this person want to buy this item? Hmm. That's what happens. So anyways. Yeah, especially if it's like a unique item. Probably not for the the regular bread and butter stuff. There you go. There you go. All right. So thank you, you so got? much. Oh, we got ours. Well, let me see. Thank you one more time. Trisha, Rusty, and Mark. Appreciate you guys. Here's one. Of, I want to share a funny story about Mark. I went to an estate sale and I walked in and out because there was nothing. <laughs> and so he DMs me later and goes, Hey, I was at a, that estate sale. I go, Yeah, but man, everything was gone. He goes, Yeah, but you came later. Like he didn't say it like that. He just said, I was there first. And I go, He's right. Like that's one of the things I'm just, confessing i gotta work on is i've been getting late to things lately 
I know. Mike, Mike's an early. Not a, this is not the game. You can be late. Look, I'm not. No, no. I have late. had major scores being late. Okay. But yeah. maybe there's major scores I don't know yes, about. Yes, you cannot. You cannot go based off of of that alone, right? So, um, absolutely, I'm not naturally an early riser. I have had to fight tooth and nail, and even to this day, um, if you give me a chance, I will sleep in. Um, I just if you give me a chance. Yeah, but man, I've decided. You know, here's actually I heard something one time that um that kind of changed my perspective on it. I'm still guilty. I'll hit the snooze and stuff like that. But I heard a guy say, and he'll wake up at 445. Here's my quote of the week. Here's my quote of the week. Guy said, and paraphrasing a little bit, but if you start your day, if you go to bed and you tell yourself, I'm going to wake up at five or I'm going to wake up at six, and then you've got your plans of what you're going to do that day. And then you wake up and the very first decision you make during the day is to let yourself down. I told myself I was going to wake up at five, but you know what? I'm not going to wake up at five. You're already have lied to yourself today. Ooh, that's your powerful. very first decision. I'm feeling guilty. I'm right? feeling convicted right and then now. how like and, and and so kind of it was just presented of like if you want to have integrity then tell the truth to yourself and if you promise yourself you tell yourself you're going to do something in the same way you wouldn't break a promise to somebody else don't break the promise to yourself and if you say i'm going to wake up and do this then do it i'm going to share mike's speaking tour coming up here soon on the link below yeah. just joking vote for mike <laughs> vote for mike 2020 so all right hey so let's <laughs> oh hustle of the week okay mine is more of I can't share too much, <laughs> which is the irony of it. <laughs> okay, but it's retail arbitrage. But here's what happened. I have been... One tip. If you're on Instagram and you share, look at your archives and look at when you went to certain stores and what you source and so on, because they're very good. Like, for instance, I go back to our archive now and I go, hey, this is when I was doing retail arbitrage at this store. This is when I was hitting this store. This is when I found these items. And here's what's been happening. I've been doing that and I've scored again. Huh. That makes sense. I mean, so you're kind of, if you think about it, you're creating a, a journal of the items you're picking up, the times you're picking them up, the location you're picking them Correct. up. Correct. And I did that this past Labor Day weekend and I scored huge, hmm. huge RA. I'm talking about, you know, I probably dropped uh, close to 2K and I'm probably going to triple that money. And it was only a few hours of sourcing. So. And this uh, is how much Orlando won't share. He certainly didn't share that with me. Well, because so don't expect him to share it with you. Well, Mike would have been gated anyways. Uh, well. So that's why I didn't share with him. And, and here's the thing. I did a lot of the legwork. So the other places I might have told Mike about, it was a waste of time. So it's a good thing I didn't share with you. Yeah, thanks. So thank well, you for not sharing with me. No, 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 no. Listen, I'll share with you after, no, but he's very, he's very, uh, there was, there, there was no, no, I share with Mike a lot. He does. He's very generous. I did. I dropped that other major bolo last week that none of us could find, uh -huh. but you know, it's all good. All right. How about you, Mike? What's your uh, hustle of the week? Okay. So uh, a couple of weeks ago I was at, um, doing some garage sales and I actually picked up quite a few things. It was, I, I've moved to a new city, as it were, a new location in San Diego. And so I haven't really done a lot of garage sales out in this area. And I decided, you know what, instead of going to like where there's a lot of them, I'm just going to hit up some local ones just because I'm normally not around here. And I actually did pretty good. I got quite a few things that um, has already made me some profit. But one thing, I walked to this one sale where it seems like a lady does like a sale, like a garage sale type thing regularly and you know you could tell the ones that are like okay this is like a usual thing but it was weird because it it was a lot of interesting unique items and i was talking to her a little bit about it and she said that her parents passed away her 
husband's parents passed away and she kind of just collected, like gathered all of the stuff that they just left. Right. And so she's like, so I have these sales often just because I want to get rid of it and I can't put it all out at once. So I'm just slowly putting items out. And there were some cool things there. One thing that I got was for me, I wanted to get a, uh, a cordless vacuum cleaner now that I'm in, <laughs> now that I'm in the yeah. fifth wheel, I don't have like the corded vacuum cleaner sucks the power out of my batteries. And so I was like, when the sun is out, I can be charging a cordless one and then, you know. Oh, nice. And so I was able to pick one up for very inexpensive and I bundled it, right? So that's, that's the thing. So I saw this other thing, which was an, uh, an espresso, not a Nespresso, but an espresso maker. And uh, the brand was, it was from Italy. It was pretty good condition. Like I would say it wasn't brand new, wasn't perfect, but it had a bag with like the instructions and all of the components with it. And then it had the the machine itself. And the brand was, let me pull it up. It was La Papina Lever Espresso Machine from uh, Italy. So La Papina is the brand. And I picked this up, I look at it, and she had a sticker on it for $50. And I normally don't like to spend up on items that I'm not sure about, but I was able to find a couple that were used in not great condition that were going close to like 150, close to almost $200. I'm like, this one has a lot of stuff. Like I could probably get that for this. I buy it. I take pictures and I decide, you know what? I have no desire to test this thing, to figure out how it works, to buy the coffee stuff, to make them, to see like, does it actually work? And I don't know. I don't want to spend the time on it. So I just listed it for like $250 untested pictures. Here's all the parts that are in here. Here's the condition untested. Don't know if it works. Got exactly what I was asking for, not even a best offer within, I think it was within 24 hours of posting it. Nice. Yeah. So I sold it for 250 plus shipping, uh, picked it up for $40. She wanted 50 for it, but I bundled it with the, uh, with the vacuum cleaner and she wanted like 30 for the vacuum cleaner. It's like, what if I just give you 50 for both? Right. So that is awesome. Yeah. So I felt pretty good about it. Um, and you know, it just goes to show too, that sometimes it's worth spending the time testing stuff. And sometimes things will sell even without testing. No, I agree. Gotta, now, you did gotta, you look up comps for like, if it was working? Um, well, the thing was there, the, the comps for the working ones were going for about the same. Oh, really? Okay. For, yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. And maybe you had an item that was scarce. Yeah. And, and there was, um, there was one that sold for close to 300, um, in working condition, had all the parts. Yeah, but untested? Yeah, so I'm thinking like saved? 50 bucks, like it's not worth my time to try and figure out this machine, maybe breaking something, you know, like, yeah. So you never know. So I, I've actually am inspired now to potentially list more things untested um, until I have at least get them up untested. And then if I spend the time later to test it, I can adjust the list. I'm always a fan that things are better listed untested than never listed at all. Okay, absolutely. So, I mean, you got to make That's that a quote of the week. Things are better listed untested than never listed at all. I sound can, effect. That's like a mind blown sound effect. That's a good one. I think I could put that on a t-shirt or something. There you go. Do it for the algorithm. All right. Now. Uh, untested is greater than unlisted. There you go. Wow. Oh, wow. There I like you go. it. Okay. All right. So that's a good hustle of the week. So it sounded better than mine. Mine just sounded. Well, hey, listen, if you're trying to break down mine, mine is make sure to put to remembrance those scores that you had at different locations so you can follow them again the next year. Yeah. That, that's a better way of saying yours. Cause otherwise this is what your hustle of the week sounded like. I went to this place and I got some really cool stuff. <laughs> it's making <laughs> a lot of not, money. But that's not the moral of the story. The moral of the story is I checked my archives and our Instagram and I said, you know what? It's time for me to hit up these places. And I scored. That's a good one. So yeah, good. there you go. Cool. All right. All so right. 
bringing it back. To be very clear, Hustle of the Week's done. We're bringing it back. We've got a little bit more to talk about with sharing. Um, let's wrap this thing up. What do we got here? All right. So I think we've been clear that sometimes it's just best not to share. And we shared that earlier that Mike and I don't share all our bolos. And there's nothing wrong in that. Are we, are we okay with that? Like, yeah. I mean, some people will, and we did. We got called out last year, right? I mean, there were people that like screenshot me and like hated on me. Well, I think part of it was there was a misunderstanding. I think you were ironically and not even ironically. I think, I think it was like, did I poke the bear? It's almost satire, right? Like you were, you were taking videos and pictures of things you were picking up and it was just nothing but blur. Right. And, and you were doing it almost like satire. Like, look, no, 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 no. I was being real. Like, well, okay. So there's two elements of it. Part of it is being real. And, and one of the things you were trying to do is this, you were trying to say, look, I'm out here working. There's stuff. I've got a full cart. I'm not going to show you what's in it, but if you're willing to get out there and look, you exactly. can fill up a cart. And that was my point. So yeah. that leads to our second part here is that sometimes it's better not to share. And the other part is, uh, uh, pot is the other part is the other pot. I'm like my accent from the East coast. I don't know what came in. So anyways, the other part is that sometimes it's better to share how than what. Right. So it's, Hey, this is how I do it. So when I share things that are blurred, it's because I want to share you how I do it. So how do I find out? Okay. I go to one store, right. And I will scan like there's no tomorrow. I'll do that for an hour or two. Then once I find the items that I want to pick up, then I'll show you how I go to these different stores and I will blur the things that I picked up, but I'm showing you the process, which will help you in the long run to get bolos for the next five to 10 years. than just for that one moment in time, that's my rationale behind it. Teach a man to fish. Yeah, exactly. No, that's, a, that's the whole point. And, and it's like anything it's, you know, we do our bolos, right? We do our hustle a week, but you notice our content the rest of the time is, how we do things. Why? Because we feel that's a lot more powerful than just blatantly sharing things that one can kill a market. Two isn't teaching in the, you know, isn't teaching new sellers how to do things. And three, it's kind of causing a division in the community because some people are going to be unhappy with us sharing certain bolos. Yep. So Remember the funny story was at one point I thought you messed up on yes. Instagram and I messaged him like you posted this video and it's like, there's something wrong with it. And you're like, no, I did that on purpose. And literally the whole thing was just blur. Like it wasn't just like a cart blurred. The whole thing was blurred and you were talking. And I think that's where the satire part comes in where it's like, look, there are people out there who are showing way too much. And and so, you know, I think that was pretty clever, but I, I didn't get it at first. So, um, you know, for those who who dislike the just blur, um, I think I think there can be a place where there's too much of it. But I think it's also saying like, look, here's you can go out there and you can do it. and just a reminder, maybe don't show that thing when you do spend four or five, six hours in a store painstakingly scanning items, then you give that away. All that time could be wasted. Mm -hmm. And and just a heads up, blur season's coming. And we're at the peak. And we're about to be at the peak of blur. Blur season. Blur season will be here. So it's like, it's like, uh, yeah, you know, snow time. Like, <laughs> but just, it's just blur. Like, and, and again, you know, if you watch our IG stories and our, you know, if we do a YouTube on retail arbitrage, our goal is always to say, hey, listen, this is what's possible. This is how you get there. But we don't want to burn our own primary source of income. Yeah. Or anybody else's. Prepare yourself. 
Prepare yourself for the blur. blur is coming. The blur is coming. All right. And then here's the, and we want to end on this. So don't turn us off yet. Please hear us out. Recognize that sellers have different perspectives, right? I think we can get a lot further in the community if we're willing to understand that, hey, Mike and Orlando have this perspective on reselling. They have this perspective on the blur, right? There's others last year that were no blur from beginning to end. Markets tanked. People got upset. Some cried. But ultimately, we're all human and we're all just trying to figure it out. And if you know what, if, if the hot items are something that you're counting on, my suggestion is don't count on them because it will, it will burn you because people have a different perspective. And I'm not, I'm here to tell you some hot items I picked up because they showed up on social and I was one of those people who go, I'm going to go grab that today and now. And I, I flipped them real quick. So you want to add to this a little bit? Oh, I was going to say, now you sound like the politician. No, I just, everybody has their different perspectives. Like I, I can understand, like, even though I was on the opposite side of you on a lot of things we talked about earlier in this podcast, ultimately I land where you land is that, Hey, people have different perspectives. Some people get upset about sharing retail bolos. Some people get upset about sharing geotags. Some people get upset about sharing even one-offs, but ultimately, you know, we need to function in a way that we got to stay focused on our own business Understand that judgment in the end, and I agree there's a place for judgment and there's a place for calling out things. I 100% agree with that. But I think that should be more the exception than the norm. And ultimately, we're here to be a community that shares and we're all trying to level up our standard of living. I like it. So with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Please. Peace.